Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. You were one of the holdouts last week, and it looks like since Speaker McCarthy has become Speaker McCarthy, the pace has been extraordinary. Swalwell off committees, Elon Omar off committee, Adam Schiff off committee, anti-CCP committee, the church committee. Are you guys able to keep up this pace? Uh, yeah, we are, because that's just the investigative stuff, and there's going to be more to come. But we haven't even gotten into border policy, energy policy, financial services policy, capital markets, what we're going to have to start thinking through about tax policy as the tax as the Trump tax cuts are going to expire in a couple of years. There's a lot of work to be done. The country has been neglected for far too long. And House Republicans, we're committed to that work. Yeah. And so what obviously not having the Senate is a barrier in some sense, but walk our audience through some of the rule changes that you were able to broker last week. Well, a couple of things. Everybody's been talking about the motion to vacate. That's one. I think it's important for people to understand that for more than 100 years, any member of the House of Representatives could have went to the floor and called for a motion to vacate the chair. Any one member, Republican or Democrat, did it matter? Nancy Pelosi is the one who changed the rules. She's the one that said, no, I don't want this rule when she was speaker. And so we were saying, well, look, we shouldn't be following Nancy's rules. Let's get back to the rules of the people's body. That's what we did. That's one. Second one is on germaneness and single subjects. We put it in there and it's actually very clear language that was refined and and, and beefed up to make sure that what we're doing here is a bill that if it's a bill is about spending in the defense department, it is about spending in the defense department. If it's about a post office, it's about a post office. But what too, what happens too often, the, the omnibus package is indicative. That was a coin bill. The Senate basically opened up a coin bill and dumped in $1.7 trillion in spending. That is not going to be allowed in the House of Representatives. The Senate could pass whatever they want. But they've been put on notice. If you do that mess and you send it here, it's going to be out of order. That's number two. Number three, the weaponization of the federal government, uh, a church committee that was announced. Part of the negotiations was making sure that 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 church committee could have all of the teeth necessary to be effective. We don't want to get into the business of just doing dog and pony shows. If we're going to do something, we want it to be effective. So that was that was part of the process there. Then the other piece was just making sure that every part of the conference was reflected in terms of their 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 political viewpoints on all committees. That way, whether you're talking about budget, you're talking about energy and commerce, appropriations, and so on and so forth, that there are there are people who are, you know, more moderate in their leaning and more conservative in their leanings at the table going through this policy that affects the American people. Yeah. And so what committees are you personally going to be on? Do you know that yet? Or is that still being decided? So actually, yesterday, I was appointed to the Financial Services Committee. Uh, on a personal note, 
financial services is actually how I got into politics. That's going back to 2008. Um, I remember watching that committee when they were going over Dodd-Frank and all that stuff. And I just thought that they had no idea what they were doing. Uh, still don't think they had any idea that, that they knew well, what they were doing. <laughs> but uh, it's what got me. It's, you know, it's got me interested in politics. So, you know, you know, we've like now come full circle, I guess. So I'm going to be serving on that committee. And then uh, there's still a potential I'll serve on oversight in the, in this Congress as well. You are a finance professional. Joy Reid is not. First, I want to compliment you for going on <laughs> Joy Reid. You yeah. significantly boosted her show, which is uh, miserable to watch. I think that it's torture, but good for you for doing that. Let's play cut 70 because Joy Reid, let's just let the tape uh, speak for itself. Play cut 70. Do you know that Social Security is going to be insolvent in 2035? It is not going to be. That yes, is not true. That, that is, is actually, actually not true. No, it's say. actually not now, true. Joy, it's actually not true. Professional. It's actually not true. But it's actually not true. Financial community. That's actually not true. That's actually not true. Will go insolvent. That's actually not true. Those are the facts. That's not true. Should we not prepare that is not for true. that? Congressman, you're right. Elaborate. Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, I, they're listening to the clip. I didn't realize that they boomed. They boomed her mic over mine. Of course, so it, it was yep. effectively cutting me off. But that's another point. Oh, listen, the Congressional Budget Office, the Office of Money, Management and Budget, the Congressional Research Service have all said that Social Security is going to go insolvent in 2035 or maybe sooner. One of the things that has impacted Social Security in a negative way is the fact that during the COVID lockdowns, there just weren't payroll taxes going into the system in order to pay Social Security benefits. So we are going to have to take a look at that at some point in the future, and we can do that in a responsible way. But make no mistakes, it's going to be insolvent. My view is is that we need to sit down and start to have plans about how to address it, where you are taking care of the current retirees who will be able to get their, their payments that they were promised and will continue to be able to deliver that, while at the same time making the necessary adjustments for future Americans so that if they still want to take advantage of Social Security in the future, that it's there for them as well. That's what we're talking about. But to put your head in the sand and say it's not insolvent, it's not going insolvent, then you're lying to yourself and you're lying to the American people. Well, well truth is not a left-wing value. And Joy Reid is a dumb person. I, I hate to be that blunt. She's just not very smart. You continue talking to Joy Reid, cut 69, about the woke military policies. Play cut 69. One of the reasons that we have to get into some woke policies at the Department of Defense is because recruitment is down at the Department of Defense. If our military is not prepared to deal with battles in the future because recruitment is down, shouldn't we go in and investigate? And it should be a should be no question at all to investigate it. Your thoughts, Byron? Look, I totally agree. It makes no sense at all. We already know about the diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in every branch of the military. Members of our armed services have been talking about this. There was one gentleman in particular lost his commission because he wrote a book over it. We have to dig into this. And last but not least, recruitment is down. Our military has one job, and let's just be very blunt. It is to defend the homeland, fight wars, and if worse comes to worse, Yes, kill the enemy. That is the job of the military. It is not a social experiment. And what is happening over there is to the detriment of the United States. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today.